Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight's subject is doing things differently. But before we get to that interesting topic... Well, one of the things we can do differently is <coughs> to leave the Gregorian calendar, which we've spoken of uh, as... Um, Umpteen million times. And I a counted. form of enslavery. And today in the Mayan calendar is... 12 Ak. Ak is the faithful dog that ushers you from this life into the afterlife. So it's a good day of loyalty and gathering with other people because Tone 12 is about cooperation of form with other people. I dedicate an order to love, which is a very interesting concept. Uh, universalizing loyalty. I seal the process of heart with a crystal tone of cooperation. I'm guided by the power of spirit. And that's mm, a very good beautiful day. Yeah, and as always, really very fitting with our uh, theme of the show, the idea of um, doing everything differently. Uh, because, let's just start with the premise, our thinking, we humans, our thinking doesn't really work very well. I mean, go ahead, disagree, um, or agree, but if we can agree, our thinking doesn't work, it doesn't serve as well. We get caught in little thought eddies that take us out for hours and hours, instead of, uh, you know, so if you're doing some project and you get caught in this eddy, and then all the time's gone by. So the, not all of it, because there's always more time, <laughs> and time constraints. Infinite supply. Yeah. So the idea of changing the way in which we think seems to be really what it's all about. So thinking in a very different way is what we've always promoted on this show. Just wanted to say it a little specifically this time. So the, um, we've done uh, hundreds of shows now literally on the subject of guilt and how guilt um, takes time away from you. You're busy being guilty instead of doing anything at all that would look like a resolve, anything at all that would look like a repatterning, uh, re-systemizing, um, a change in the way. No, no, all our time's taken up by being guilty, which at the end of the lifetime amounts to well over 90% of the life. Just joking with you, it's really 95%. But the idea of uh, stepping out of guilt, because guilt is um, a slow, very, very slow, sour, uh, morbid, rotting way to think rather than to actually have integrity. Well, I feel that guilt was invented initially to keep people imprisoned uh, without having to pay guards and have armies conquer them. As a matter of fact, the origin of the Christian faith was all a political move. There was a small faction of people practicing Christians. And I, I do, what was the leader's name? I can't remember. Anyway, of France. He decided that the way to get the people all over the kingdom to follow him was to go through the door of spirituality because people that have that spiritual connection, will, you can control them. So over the course of years, guilt was used to keep people caught in this loop tape in their own head so that they're not thinking of, of conquering other lands or, to, or, or claiming back their rights or anything like that. So guilt really is a tool it's a weapon that has been used against humanity. And a lot of times when we talk about this, people think that we're saying that we're, we should let guilty people out of prisons and let them go and run amok and threaten yeah. everybody. But really what we're talking about is guilt consciousness. 
And there's a very big difference about being guilty for, at, of something and guilt consciousness. And that's what we're talking about. So when you think with your whole con consciousness, then you're not going to do the things that would make us guilty anyway. Because if we're not distracted with those fear thoughts, we're going to have loving thoughts. And that's what well, we'll do. Because anything <clears throat> suppressed runs Just more the time. ability to recognize yourself in this eddy of thought that is just, by the way, repeating itself. And that is the point of one of the points of the show this evening is um, we keep repeating thoughts that don't work and don't know it. We don't know that we keep thinking thoughts that don't work and we keep thinking them. And every time the cycle runs through, we have the idea that that'll fix it. If I only go over what I did, pardon the expression, wrong one more time, then what? 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 Nothing. You'll just have gone over it another time. You're catching on to this, right? Well, we're so and, and what we want to do on the show tonight is just lay down the formatting to think a little differently. I think we've talked in the past about the greatest fear is death, um, but even more important, or even more of a fear is public speaking, and, and there's a big list. But I think really the biggest fear there is in all of creation is the fear of being wrong. And it's because of the guilt, but the fear itself of being wrong. Mm -hmm. Here's a new thought for everybody. What would happen if you couldn't be wrong about anything? What would you be choosing to do? Yeah. Perhaps spend an entire day where you are going to pretend that there's nothing wrong with anything. Now, trust yourself also enough to know that you're not going to harm anyone. And if you're really holding yourself back because you want to harm someone, well then I think it's good to go get help before you do anything anyway. But we really aren't here to harm each other. So let's take the restrictions off. If you look at your real motives, motives are always loving. If you trace them back to the purity of their origin, everything comes from divine origin. So trace it back to there. But spend the whole day. What, what would you do if, nothing, if you couldn't be wrong? Maybe you would create something really fantastic. Maybe you would go into your boss with an idea that changes and transforms the whole company. Yeah, the, the potential of a human being has yet to be fully registered. There isn't one of us that has ever come up to speed, so to speak. Uh, da Vinci or Einstein or whoever the great geniuses have been, they have sound bites, but that's about it. You know, the idea of being able to come up with an endless thought stream of new and imaginative ideas. Each and every one of us is very much capable of doing such a thing. But we get knocked out and we get uh, dumped into a, a guilt loop tape. And so nothing happens. We just go over this. And this is what we'd like to give you assistance to alleviate in your life. Now, Deepak Chopra is credited with saying that the uh, person thinks around 60,000 thoughts. Let's just choose a number like that. And of the 60,000 thoughts, you know. A day. A day. <clears throat> you're going to, um, well, 59,000 of them, 900, are mm -hmm. repeating yesterday's thoughts. This is our point. Now, you're, you're not going to reset and think 60,000 new thoughts tomorrow, because some of these thoughts are like, stand up, walk over there, take a drink of water. Okay, you know, but the improv, the thoughts that are new, the thoughts that are original, 
we can increase exponentially simply with the decision to do that. We human beings have no concept of the amount of authority we have in creating the reality of our life. We have no idea about that because we have 100,000 little slave gnomes keeping us from doing that. Like, if I do that, someone might get hurt. So then we won't be building a faster than light engine. Oh no, someone might get hurt. I'll just rip these plans right up. We, we won't have to do that because of what could, you know, we, we, the what if method of thinking rather than the what if method of thinking. How about let's take a look at what the future could be thinking. Let's, let's change the way in which all this stuff works. So one method of doing this is taking any thought that you normally have and exchanging words in that thought, like I'll get, uh, and this is not going to work the way I want it, but I'm going to use it. To, um, instead of getting the drink of water, let me consume a vessel of liquid. Okay. All right. Now that's not the same thing as getting a drink of water. It's mm -hmm. new. It's different. You would never particularly say, barkeep, I'll have a vessel of liquid, please. Yeah, right? Okay. And the bartender would look at you like, whoa, wait, I'm dialing the rubber room. This, what's the number for the rubber well, room again? Well, you would technically be a conehead if you started talking like that. Well, whatever. The, yeah, yeah. Chicken embryos. and stuff. Right. But I mean the idea of exchanging the words in our I think thinking, that's a very fun game to do. Yeah. It's a very fun game. You'll find yourself, ironically, you will have become refreshed mm -hmm. with this patterning that we're constantly... Well, what is that word? Complaining. Complaining means we have no authority, we have no power. Yeah, yeah we are capable of changing things. That's true. I think that's Let's a very that. good idea. Yeah. One thing that I did for years is I would change the path to work every day. Excellent. I would go Excellent. one way, and and I can. And one thing that happens in your brain when you have My a new brain. idea, when you do something different, is that the whole day, the whole event horizon that you are living in gets filed in a different new place in your brain. Right. When we have repetitive actions, they get stored in this similar place because it's, it says, okay, you've eaten breakfast at 7 o'clock, you've driven this way to work, and you went to work. It all gets filed in there. And when we go back over our memories, it's almost like it's a collage of every time we've eaten breakfast and gone to work. But if we vary even one thing in that day by by differing the route, eating breakfast in a new room, eating something completely different, or going in at a different time, it opens it up and it stores the whole morning, the whole event in a different place. As you probably have noticed when you take a day off and go see a museum or something like that, everything about that day becomes very vivid to you in your memory and yeah. your experience. So the point is, the more repetitive things we do, and we can do the same actions, but we have to look at them differently, we have to bring in some new facet to it, the longer your life will appear to be to you. People the talk about life. Or, mm -hmm. Colorful. Yeah, the, the, long, the more we put into our day that's different mm -hmm. it, each day, it's, it's sort of like getting higher up on the search engines. If you put new things in it all the time, the search engines see you. Well, our brain behaves that way too. Yeah. Well, as we said um, about the language codes in the very famous, I've just had the week from HE double hockey sticks. Thank you, Radar O'Reilly. And we've said this before. And what do I say after that? Hi, I've just had the week from heck. What do I say after that? Supposing you said that I had a week that was very stimulating. 
and you can feel how that will place itself in your brain differently. And uh, also, um, I had a week that was very enlightening. It goes into a place that's much more towards the top of the head because it's closer to a greater consciousness. So we're saying, let's switch off all of the words. If nothing else, switch off the words you think in. That would do enough to begin to open doorways for us. And if this program has one particular, and it has many one particular overriding features, but to open doors, that's what we came here to do. That's actually what all of we human beings came here to do, but we got the idea we aren't safe. We're in some kind of a metal box with a, a dial on it. No, there's no such thing as safe because there's no such thing as not safe. It's not possible not to be safe. You can dive into a volcano and be safe because there's no such thing as not safe. Yeah. You will reincarnate in the process, but you will turn out to have been just fine. Mm. Yeah, and, and to get all of us, if we all began to think much more like this and much less like, oh my God, I must guard my posterior at all cost, which is a really paralytic way to think because if the Wrights brothers had said, oh, we better not build an airplane, my God, it might not work, or oh my God, it might work, we'd still be walking to Cleveland or wherever we're going, yeah, you know, Conestoga wagon, you know, that would have been about it for mankind. Well, we made it to the wagon this time. Now, maybe next epoch of civilization, we'll get to the car, yeah? And this is the sort of thinking, and it's just, astounding to me that there's been a step taken beyond whatever the last step was because of the number of us that would say, oh, gee, that's not safe. The difference between fear and information is the level of the consciousness of the person. Well, this you is know the what way that works. That, that newness, uh, my dear newness. friend Kirky, ah. she's, I believe, 77 or something like that now, and she's, she's still... She, she loves new things, and every time you go over to her place, she, with, just by her own volition, has rearranged everything. Mm -hmm. And she sets up this little reading area over here and this area over here. And I really admire her because it's not like she gets stuck in that quagmire, and so every day is very new for her. And get out of the routine. We blame our job, we blame our husbands or wives or children on keeping us imprisoned in these routines where we feel stuck, and I know it's not all of you, but some of you. Well, mm -hmm. if you say, it's up to me to really change my routine, to get up and do new things, you could bring a breath of fresh air into the workplace and into your home life just by coming home with flowers one day. Let's say you get pizza every Friday. Make your pizza that Friday. Make it homemade. Everybody join in. We have so much power that we give away to this idea of oppression. We all do it. I've done it. I get stuck in it sometimes. And the more I practice at this, the quicker I get unstuck until it's just a, a momentary thought. Every time I go to the store, I ask the clerk what's new in the world of do-it-yourself eating. And they, they always say no. And then if I let them go for a sentence or two, as though we were going to stop anyone, they will likely use the word rut, and then rut is just a dirty word for routine. Now the irony of we human beings is that we seek routine. We do. We don't want anything disturbed. 
if we disturb it, oh no, we have to go to great lengths to undisturb it. Yeah, okay, so our routine. But then as soon as we have established enough of a routine, well, we die. I mean, we do. This is how it works. Therefore, we could do something to disturb the routine in order to stimulate us back to life. Now, a couple in California wrote down some kind of a manifesto stating that as soon as you become comfortable, you become ruddified. And as soon as you become ruddified, your, your life just goes right down the drain. So they built a house that was purposely designed not to be comfortable. There was an article on the web not so long ago about this. Uh, none of the floors in the house are level. All of the tables have sharp, jagged edges. Uh, there is no wall that is perpendicular and flat. Okay, And the house is really not possible to get comfortable in, at least from the pictures on the web. And what? so they are stating that they are bringing themselves life by refusing to acquiesce to comfort. And I've seen the same thoughts in my own mind. Hmm. Go ahead. Well, I would say I probably more than most, if not every person that I've known really well, I love a varied routine. I, I just love new things every day. Getting into a routine to me is, is more uncomfortable. And I was just thinking as we were talking about this, I think that people find routine as security. And obviously, routines are not secure. They're just routines. And they're, they're replayed tapes over and over again. So what happens is we feel insecure. The only real security we're taught is that routine. So we get into it, and then we realize, no, this isn't real security. This is a, a routine. This is a prison. It's that Jane, Jane, get me off this crazy thing. So we get off of it. We start feeling insecure. So here's a new way to think about it. See. Look in your spiritual world for the real source of all security and feel grounded within that. And then you can walk through the changes in life and embrace them as learning experiences. So if you find yourself stuck in a rut, look for a deeper source of security and your rut will no longer be serving a purpose for you. And yeah, then new and things will come in. Because we crave creativity and newness more than we, create, we crave fear and routine. In the years where we've done the opening of the third eye ceremony, um, and we introduced, we introduced the person to the guide they have worked with the longest. So the person will be, um, I suppose the word is secure, but they'll be comfortable with the presence of the guide because it's a very familiar guide. And then we say, we're going to introduce a guide that you've never worked with before, that is going to be a brand new guide and you're going to tell that guide in particular what it is you would like assistance with in your life. So I would like a guide to uh, get my next book, blah, blah, blah. I would like a guide to, you know, whatever your particular. Um, so do that. Appoint a guide that you've never met with before. Ask them who they are and what do they look like and what is their name. And tomorrow morning when you wake up, if you make these decisions, they're not mine to make. As you fall asleep, go for counseling with this guide. And when you wake up in the morning, see what shows up. And I did this for myself some time ago. And I met a guide named Lanier, L-A-N-E-E-R. And of course, one went, well, why Lanier? Because I am near. That's why. Oh, all right, I got you. OK, we're happy. We're going to work together. 
So I asked Lanier to assist me, and you can do this for yourself, although I'm not going to speak much of this, but uh, I asked Lanier to assist me to meet with my immortal soul, the character of my immortal soul. When a soul, uh, thank you, uh, Michael Newton, uh, a soul expressed through a human body is not the soul. The soul is a completely different subject, and the soul has been expressed through thousands of bodies, but the identity, the character of your immortal soul is something one may be unfamiliar with, but it's not all that unfamiliar. Uh, in other words, when we find ourselves doing something because of what is referred to as moral imperative, I really have to give this person I don't know a dollar. I really have to do you know, this, that, or the other thing. Um, that is most likely the expression of your immortal soul coming through. Uh, and, and so, of course, there's 100,000 guilt safeguards to keep that little sucker from getting through to you. Because, oh, we wouldn't want to advance. Oh, no, we're human beings. We are opposed to advancing. We came here to be in ruts till we die. Yes, all right, let's all cheer. Because that's basically the pitch they're throwing at us here. And what we're saying on this show is, let's break out of that. Somebody write in if you would like. Meet with your immortal soul. Tell me what they say. I'd be very curious to hear other people's uh, take on this because I'm doing my own, but as I said, it's not really ready to speak, other than I recognize that in well, myself and I didn't before. That's good. I'm yeah. glad that you did. I, I always see that part of me, and it, you know, it's really yeah. a matter of semantics or what we call something, and it, it has a lot to do with our history and what we've learned about things, but I call that my higher self. When I did a, a, the bulk of my automatic writing, I, I, I was attempting to explain what that part of me is that's saying this. And I, I honestly, I felt, um, I don't really know how I felt about everybody channeling these beings and everything, because part of me felt that if there was so much um, earthbound egotism oh, yeah, boy, with a lot of these creepy. beings, it made me really start <clears throat> looking. And when yeah. I was getting this information, I saw it as, as this pure flow of information, and I saw that my higher self, our higher selves, it's like a pyramid that we're all individuals, and then we, the next layer up, there are less divisions, but they branch off into the multitude down mm -hmm. here, and then there's less and less and less until we get to the tip of the pyramid, and that's one. And that you can take your consciousness, and I teach some of this in some of the levels of psychic development, you can take your consciousness and unite or align with whatever level you want. What We can unite with the level that we call angels or whatever. And I think that's really a worthwhile thing to explore because if we don't explore who we really are and where we came from, we don't really get the same kind of um, depth that we can out of this life. Yeah. I, I just would like also to say one other quick thing sure. about what we were talking about, about the habit and getting stuck in a rut. Yeah. And when you were talking about that couple that made themselves uncomfortable in their <laughs> house, it made me think, and I'm not accusing that couple of that because I've never even read that story, but sometimes we think habit, which is that security, brings torture. And so we have to pay for our security with boredom and, and imprisonment 
or we can go to our freedom and we have to pay for that with danger and discomfort and pain. And I'm here to say that happiness is free and that you don't have to pay for it with any kind of a misery. And sh security and safety is a free thing because it is something that is a truth. It's not an untruth. And so you don't have to pay for that with being imprisoned. Okay. And do we have a call? Um, no? Evidently. Hi, caller. No, no, we don't. Okay. I Somebody thought call in to keep Okay. Uh, Sorry, I thought I saw oh, one no, of these. This is, this is okay. So look, really look at your, your um, pick something new to do every day. Very good. Start a new habit because another thing about routine and, and in the form of habit is we have a sophisticated autopilot within us called our subconscious mind. And we program it with things all the time and it will continue to act that out even if parts of the higher, the, the frontal cortex have ceased functioning, that habitual part can even go and act out some of these routines. So it's a resource that is very valuable for us to program with habits that serve us and not habits that don't. And it, it has no opinion, no judgment, it just acts on our command. So let's say we start a habit of waking up and saying, I love myself unconditionally. Mm -hmm. then the subconscious mind will continue acting that out even when you're giving a presentation at work. Yeah, and the idea of waking up and claiming your power, we've talked about for simply years, is uh, one of the protocols, in fact, in the, the books. Now, the idea of, um, and it slipped away, so I'll improvise Well, I mean, it's, it's not it to be, back. I mean, that is a powerful thing to do. It is a powerful thing to wake up and say, I love myself unconditionally, yeah. or I claim my power. You can yeah. think of a million things. Absolutely. So in becoming in the habit of doing something new every day, how's that for a bunch of words in one place? I'm in the habit of doing something new every day. Now, when the mind uh, is shocked, and, and a brain is a very interesting place to live, by the way. It is. The brain-heart co coalition is a very interesting place to live. And in the... Um, when the brain or the body is very, very shocked, we tend to revert back to familiar patterning to make decisions. As when I was shot, and uh, in the recovery of being shot, I was asked if I wanted something to eat, and I deduced that I was indeed hungry. And then they said, what? And so I had to search my mind for a remembrance of eating something. And that's how I made the decision. It wasn't based on the modern version of yeah. decision making. Yeah, very so, interesting. Let's take our call here. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Uh, my name is Carol. Carol. All right. Hi, Carol. Yeah. What how are we... you? Good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm probably a little late in the program, but it's all right. My question is: I watched you not all the time, but sporadically, and my question is. Uh, your feelings on people on the other side, meaning close family, lover, whatever, uh, ability to contact people on this side, and uh, I, I, in my mind, or because we had a discussion before this person left, about coins, about money, what is your feeling about finding it in unusual places, in unusual amounts? 
Uh, you mean in, in the context of discussing that with someone before they pass? No, I'm talking about my husband who died. Mm -hmm. uh, and we discussed the fact that you could find money or moving money around or finding it was a yeah that's what I indication, said indication that that person actually mm -hmm. was trying to contact you is that false is that or is it fact because it's happened to me and am I well I I, I conjuring this up in my mind or what uh, well I you know I I don't know about you personally but it is possible and the fact that you experienced it it does happen I have done mediumship work for close to 10 years now and I could I could do at least 20 shows telling you stories about how this stuff actually works as a matter of fact if anybody's watching out there that has come for a session and and these kinds of things have happened to you please feel free to call and share some of this because I believe it I know I know it from my experience that this happens and it's really up to the individual to know but it's interesting that you said coins because in the movie Ghosts they use coins I know, to help and move. I, I, actually, my husband and I watched the film, yeah, and we had a discussion about it. And then I've read other books mm -hmm. uh, concerning, uh, you know, as my friend said, well, that that was your husband. It was always pennies. He was always yeah. cheap. Well, it we be do quarters or dollars or whatever. But I just find them in unusual places. And I just recently was in Florida at a place we went to a lot, and I was leaving the beach, and as I came up there, I was thinking so much about him, and I sat down on a bench, and I looked down, and there was a nickel there. Now, well, that could all be in my mind, or is well, that Well, the right. thing is, yeah. well, let me, let me just um, complete and this, okay? Yes, yeah. please. Um, the thing about it is, there could be a hundred dimes sitting there and unless your higher self your consciousness or your husband's consciousness makes it so that you look at it and see it and recognize that as a sign then it's going to serve no purpose so it really is a twofold thing the coin can be there but i think even more importantly this divine force that works through us helps us to connect with it see it and absorb it as being a message uh, we have a, a friend, Jeff, who tells the story of going to visit his sister's grave, and he put rose petals, or rose, I'm sorry, roses on, in the little vase, and there were too many to get into the vase, so he breaks off the, the thorn so that it's less volume, and he cut his finger on it, and he put it in, and um, he, he said to his sister, do you know that I'm really here? Can you see me? Do you know that I'm here? And he goes back to his car, turns on the radio and it's the song may the la last rose of summer or when the last rose of <coughs> summer pricks mm. my th my th finger by the grateful dead <laughs> yeah and and then one time he asked her the lottery numbers turns the car on and it says eight six seven five three oh nine everybody will be betting that tomorrow yeah this happens all the time carol yeah. you're you're right on the money okay so there's another symbolism for you okay now carol i'd like to add that we human beings have an absolute sovereignty over the creation of our reality. I personally have not, I do a lot of seeking of counsel not to be misunderstood, but I'm the one who's in charge of my reality. And it's very simple and I'm going to express it in nine words and it's John Below's quote, it's in the Language Code's book and it's very simple. We've said it a million times on this show. Thought, create, 
and where you place your attention grows. Now, that means that there's really one and only one thing in a particular reality that you would pay any attention to, and that is where your attention is placed. That's the name of the game. That's how it works. Where are you placing your attention? So uh, if we miss the husband and we wish contact, then you'll place your attention on having an open circuit to hear that person, and that information will come through. It is sim we are unbelievable sovereign of reality, and I, I don't hear that anywhere. Uh, I just don't. No one says, well, hey, dude, you're sovereign. No, that's not even an expression. Will be now. Who cares? Oh, yeah. Let's do this. Let's let's take over reality well, and make it into something that works. Because the way it is, reality is making us slaves. And what our program is about is making reality what creation, we want it to be. Our creation. Yeah. Rather. Well, it just occurred to me how much power we put into the object, like finding the coin. It is yeah. true, and Carol, I, I really am saying that you can find coins. That we can, uh, spirit can uh, manipulate physical reality because we're all spirit, and so is uh, physical reality. But the biggest blessing, the biggest thing in this, is the eyes to see it. I wrote a poem many years ago, and it ended with what a beautiful view it was describing this thing. How majestic! But even more incredible was that I was given the eyes to see it and to absorb it. And that really is where our power is. Mm -hmm. I allow my higher self, and when we seek counsel, we do. We seek ever heightening, further toward the oneness aspects of us as we go up to seek counsel. And when I open up to that, I allow it to use my circumstances and the things around me to show me things. Sometimes my eye will just look over and I'll see a license plate that's very pertinent. As a matter of fact, I, I was thinking a couple weeks when, uh, before my birthday when I turned 50. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, 50 is getting, you know, number-wise. And I look immediately ahead of me, and there's a, a car with a license plate. Now, I never look at license plates. I'm not seeking them out. But my eyes were drawn to it, and it said GR8-2B50. Great to be 50 is what it said. Now, what are the odds of these things? We have to believe in miracles, and when we do, more and more will show up. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's the placement of attention. It it's is allowing your higher guides to use your attention as well. Yeah. It's not always a physical they brain use. control of your attention. Right. That's powerful. That's necessary. But there's also a letting go of attention to have it be steered to communicate with spirit and, and higher guidance. Okay, I've, I've made my point about, you know, placing attention. So there was, um, many, many years ago, I took a person who was descendant of Bach, which is apparently going to come up in the conversation with such a person, into a past life where this individual had been a woman who had birthed a child who was standing on a cliff admiring the sunset and went to explain this to her child to find that her language did not have words that could begin to describe the ineffable sunset she was looking at. And this person is a writer in this lifetime and has a collector of words. Is it? And this is where that started out, and that had relevance 
three or four points ago in what it was we were talking about. Well, I think I was telling you about my essay poem that I wrote when I was a teenager about the beautiful view and saying how beautiful that view oh, is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But even more spectacular than that view is that I had the eyes to see it. It was yeah. just... And the it, words to describe it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very interesting. Mm -hmm. All the way yeah. around. Well, thank you for your call. Yeah, that Carol, brilliant. that was great. Please, we'd love you to call in again. This is an excellent, okay. and in fact, you're calling in again, or someone is. <laughs> hi, caller. What is your name, please? Hi, this is Lina. Hi. Lina, hi. I usually call for a reading, but today I am, I'm really ill, and I'm having a hard time getting well. Uh, it's been, I'm into my, almost the end of my third week now. I've had a fever of 104. Mm. Prior to getting sick, I was on a two-week silent retreat, and I did a lot of really intense work and uh, deep work and let a lot of things fall off, and I'm sure that it is, the two are tied together. Oh, absolutely. Wow. It is getting so frustrating that I can't make myself well. <laughs> Okay, well, the minute you, you remove the word make from that. I know, point. that's why I said it the way I said it. <laughs> okay, so allow yourself to be sick. Yes. Be happy about it. Oh. Yes. Enjoy it. Well, there's that, and, and I feel exactly that, and the connection from allowing yourself to be sick is sometimes when we distill out the spiritual realm, like a two-week-long silent retreat is a pretty intense spiritual introspective time. Yes, it was. When we distill that out of everyday life, in a way, and it's something I've always said is every time we create a saint, we create a demon. And every time we create a demon, we create a saint because both those things are distilled out two <coughs> halves. And if we take one half out of it, we're going to leave the other half without its influence of the other yes, side. Yes. And I think that it's wonderful and I want I, I love it when people follow their spiritual path, but I know I'm probably one of the very few people that ever say this, but this earth experience is every bit as, ex as uh, sacred as our most spiritual retreat, and that until we realize that and recognize it, everything is going to always stay apart. We're not going to reach that oneness, and I feel one of the things that this is telling you is to love your life, love the life that that gets caught in routine, that has hurt people's feelings, that gets angry at times, and say, yes, I can go to those great heights and I can go to these great heights, and the whole thing is sacred. And that's what I was yes. feeling with yes. your with Yes, your I hear you, Mary, yeah. that there is no difference. Mm -hmm. It's same, same. Yes, yes, because I feel during that introspection you were really looking into your self-judgment that may it be many lifetimes and it's and maybe tonight when you go to sleep but just I love all of me even the perceived flaws even the part that isn't that that thing that is ideal in my mind oh that's perfect Mary. and we will send you healing and we love you very much and thanks for calling thank, thank yeah, you thank you very much mm -hmm. all right yeah excellent stuff yeah so our program is about changing everything in your life everything we almost yeah. changed our chairs tonight do it do it, and we have our next caller. But change everything. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? <laughs> Hi, Mary Neville. This is Jen calling. Hi. I just have a quick question for you about connecting with guides. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Um, when I connect with my guides, I have a hard time hearing them. The vibration is so high. 
I do better with the writing or the drawing. And I was wondering what you can do to connect with the Claire audience better. Ah. Well, the first thing you did was just knock it out by the language you used. When okay. I, well, you said hard, and the universe always obeys you. So, supposing you then write a thousand times, it is easy for me to hear my guides. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, that would do it. Well, an um, another thing that I tell people in the psychic development class mm -hmm. is it's true. There, if you've ever heard that tea kettling in your head, mm -hmm. like the wee, that high pitch yeah. sound, often that is communication of some yeah. nature. And if you just relax and allow the translation of that to come in the form of thoughts, you'll know exactly what it's saying. And it's by that relaxation and getting out of the land of measurement because we're always saying, I've got to be able to hear this, and then that makes us like this lead weight. Um, mm. Self-judgment really is like sandbags inside of a hot air balloon. And until we get rid of those, we can only ascend so high in our spiritual development, but also our psychic and intuitive development. And it's not about being right or wrong. I've also noticed that sometimes people, rather than being clairaudient, they go right to the knowing. And then they, they'll know things, but they get very frustrated because they didn't hear anything. And also, hearing is not always this audible thing. And one thing I think is going on with you is that you're looking in the wrong place to hear the guides, that you're already hearing them, but they're coming more in the form of a knowing thought. And after you place your attention in that place, it'll become much more of what you're seeing as audible. So you may want to think about that, that, that it's already there, but it's in a thought. Think of your doorbell ringing or your phone ringing right now. You know how you are thinking of that ring? Look in that place for the clairaudience. And the more you focus your attention there, the more it will become more audible. Yeah, there's about four doorways offhand that are places where the, the connection with the other realms is a little closer than the rest of the day. Um, that would be the blue hour, morning and evening. And also before your um, as you're drifting off to sleep, you're very likely to make contact. And as you're waking up in the morning, you're very likely to make contact. So well, at those particular moments in your day, um, declare yourself a little more open to this process. Because yeah, and writing those affirmations too are good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, just be in charge of this. You've got the whole thing languaged as though it's in charge of you. And this mm -hmm. is one of the many, many points we're making on our program this evening. This is our life. We are creating it. We are so sovereign of it. And we don't hear our language. That's why the language codes books. Buy a copy of the language code book because um, our language is constantly bouncing us right out of the saddle. And we never hear it. It's time for us to just stop phrasing things so negatively because the result is negativity. It is just math. You say that this is a dark and horrible thing, then it becomes that. I wouldn't oh. even say those words. If you say it's bright and lovely and bringing you joy and abundance, then it does that. But we're well, you know, tricked. Just one quick thing, and then yeah. we'll get right to the duck. I used to um, attempt to do that, to say the nice thing, and I felt like I was lying to myself. So how I got around that is saying I used to feel everything was X, Y, or Z. 
By saying used to, you're not denying the fact that you really felt that way. And by saying used to means you're not owning it anymore. It's very powerful. I would suggest yeah. that to everybody. And it's but now the, it's time for the to technique hope. of placing your thought. That's what life is about. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here technique we of placing it's your thought. It's a technique. All righty. Here come the duck. This is David. Hi, David. This is our sound he engineer. and Donnie do around space, and they've been helping us out on the show for a long yeah, time. Yeah, decades. I have There's faith. Faith really could be translated to the word knowing, and yeah, just exactly. know, knowing. And I have inspiration, the place at which spirit enters, which brings mm -hmm. up a trinity of Thank human you. creation which begins with inspiration. We are inspired, inspired and we go through the process of whatever the inspiration has been. And then we become bored, which is the downtime, the downstroke, the rest between the cycle. I think so it's when the your taxi teenager cab in the next place. that I feel bored, tell them that you know that they are about to be inspired to do something. Mm -hmm. Anybody who says the word bored is actually screaming out loud that they are about to be inspired to do whatever is next in their life. Or yeah, in fact, any of the negative yeah. states that people talk about are just preceding states of growth. And we have... Um, yeah, I mean, uh, if you think of being bored as a taxi cab taking you from one place to another, you can enjoy the ride, yeah. look at the scenery, and say, oh, what's my new thing? Place my attention on the faces of those walking yeah, toward me. Speaking of doing everything differently. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Arlene. Arlene, Hi. what can we do for you? Um, I'm enjoying the show online. Um, I was wondering if I could have a reading with Mary. I'd be most happy to. Okay, thanks. Thank you for calling. Nice okay. of you to say enjoying the show mm -hmm. online. I like that. Yeah, yeah, that's lovely. Okay, now, are we doing different today? No, I don't think so. First card we get is the Three of Cups. I love this card. It's beautiful. It shows three ladies dancing and, and toasting life. And it's about celebrating and being around friends and good company. And another uh, definition that I have come to um, put uh, on this particular card is me, myself, and I all getting along. Because sometimes we get into that fight with ourselves, that conflict. This is the card of romance and really opening up to things you love and taking that risk and, and crossing that little uh, river and going into to your highest aspirations, those mountains off <coughs> in the distance. It's saying, I, I, I don't know if you've thought of getting together with a partnership with other people and starting on maybe a spiritual path, some spiritual um, holistic thing, but it really looks like it, it's uh, present around you. And the Justice card is saying make it balanced and fair in any kind of endeavor that you do venture into. Just make sure that you articulate what you're expecting and let that be the rule keeper and then everybody can relax and just open up. But, but big opportunity there. And uh, our next caller, please, what's your name? Uh, my name is Linda. Linda, what can we do for you? I was wondering if I may please have a reading. Sure. I'll do use a different deck here. I like to show off my decks. Okay. And pretty soon, Neville and I are going to be doing a show where we teach, I'll be teaching tarot on a show, and then Neville will be teaching palmistry. So we want to keep, keep an eye open for that. 
first card we get, the magician, what this says is that you have all the tools you require and that you've been really quite a powerful creator all your life and it's reminding you of this. Sometimes we can get painted into a corner where we forget, but as long as we continue to remember. Oh look, the second card is the Knight of Cups and this is a different deck so it's not like, okay. The Knight of Cups, I love this card. It's really one of my favorites. It's about finding your balance and being able to go after what you love and know that it's funded. And this card can also come up when it's talking about romance in your life and going from there. And look, we've got the Emperor. What did we get the last time? The Injustice card is the third one. The Emperor is about structure and it's about security and sometimes about that routine and, and making sure th things stay steady. But it can also be about taking charge of your life and sometimes the, the romantic part of us that has these things that we love can get very segregated from the part of us that tells us what to do, the authority figure. And it's time to let them both live at peace within you. And that's when things really start opening up. And we have our next caller, yes? Hi, caller. Uh, hello. Hi, what's your name? My name is uh, Chitra, and I want the reading from Mary. Okay, be most happy to. Thank you for calling. It's always wonderful to hear from everyone. One of the first things I felt around you is family or visitors coming. And so I'm not sure if, if you're expecting anyone visiting, but it felt like there was something like that coming around you. Now this is a card of letting go of the old and that maybe there was a somewhat recent break from old things, either uh, leaving a job or moving or something like that. And what that does, some of our hardships in life, it, it really brings about this great bit of strength. And not that aggressive strength where we feel like we have to fist fight with everybody. It's more that calm, quiet strength that you know that many things are best, we are best served by waiting them out rather than confronting them and fighting with them and that your day to be heard and have things come through for you and for things to pay off is coming and not to lose sight of that. It just is right now might be the time to just hang back and observe. So thank you. Do we have another call? No, no we're okay. good. So we're um, winding down on the show at the moment. We're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays. At uh, it's up to you. We didn't ask Donnie. <laughs> That's what I heard. Yes. Ruby Tuesdays, everyone agrees. Okay, we're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays if you're out and about or you're about out, we're not certain. Uh, stop by and see us. We'll be there laughing and playing games and having a good time, uh, which is really what we always do. And um, That is a wonderful way to look at life is everything really is a game. Just be happy and yes. play it or not play it, whatever the beginning is One way is or the other, the yeah. And our program, I really do wish to... Um, emphasize has been about changing these things that do not serve us well, these little thought eddies that we get caught in, and we've named a good dozen techniques about how to switch that off, uh, how to approach it if in no other way, just describe what's going on in different words than you would use normally, because you'll set it in a different place in your mind. Yeah, I just um, also mentioned Please. the 8th, 9th, and 10th, I'm going to be doing the EFT training. Mm -hmm. It's really a wonderful three-day weekend of um, all kinds of new techniques, and you'll have a lot of healing done for yourself. And 
Um, we are always looking for volunteers here at the studio, so if anybody's certified, oh, yeah, come on down yeah. and uh, mm, check out telepathictv.com mm -hmm. for other things. Yeah, and for those viewing us on the web and other parts of our planet, hi, in whatever language, inevitably this will come across in English, at least to some degree. And um, oh, what else? There's been so much going on. Um, yeah, um, I am, I am working busy. on a new website where people right. can come and download workshops and, and uh, yeah. have meditations there and all kinds of stuff, which I'll I be announcing pretty soon. that's where I'm going to do the palmistry, because mm -hmm. I'll do it uh, mm -hmm. as a video. Yeah. I've been talking to one of the engineers here about doing that during the day. Okay, well, we can talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, would be, that would be a great idea. Yeah. So but we, we, we are going to be introducing all kinds of teaching subjects uh, coming up, Telepathic TV, just mm -hmm. to change things up a bit. So tune in, Telepathic TV, um, if you're in the Northern Virginia area, Thursday nights at 8.30 on Channel 10. Mm -hmm. You can also watch us online, and we repeat all the time uh, on Channel 10 here, 7 o'clock Friday morning and 10 o'clock Saturday night. And we would love to have you call in, even if you're not in the area. Just tune in online. Yeah, we ought to talk about doing the palmistry as a special and the, uh, the yeah. uh, cards as a special also, because well, we'll get a very different audience that way. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Okay. So let me see what else okay, it so seems as though. Everybody is going to really look at changing things up tomorrow. Do it. You won't regret it. It'll be fun. And maybe you'll meet that person, and they will meet you, and you can change each other's life. We we have the most mir miraculous things happen yeah. by these chance meetings. I had a client one time that uh, told me this amazing creation story. She had been wanting a new um, patio set of furniture, this particular set, color green and all this. And she says, okay, I'm going to put it out there to the universe because she felt she did not have the finances, so she was going to call it in another way. That day she gets on a bus. She's sitting next to a lady on the bus. She usually doesn't talk to people, and for some reason she thought, well, I'll strike up a conversation. Come to find out that lady had that exact furniture that if she found a home for it, then she could get new furniture, and so it all worked out for free. Don't, all don't, from taking don't, the bus. There's nothing yeah. that's insignificant. There's nothing that's in, insignificant. Mm -hmm. Not the ride to work, not the sandwich you're Going eating Going to a different day. gas station. Yeah, they all, all of this have stuff. a bearing on everything that will ever be mm -hmm. after that. Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. Mm -hmm. And the world we live in is just replete with opportunities. It, it just everywhere you look, everywhere you go, there's mm -hmm. um, sometimes they look like human beings. And they exist from within us. It's, it's, I had written something earlier about power's not in the observed, but in the observer. Always is, always will be. Yeah. Uh, so please recognize the sovereignty you have in the creation of the reality of your life. This is what we've had as a theme for the last decade. Once you get hip to this and how to work it, get hip to it. then you're in charge of your life. Otherwise, your life, uh, let's use reality. Reality is in charge of you or you are in charge of reality. Pick one. I'm in charge of reality with the help from my friends on the pyramid above me. <laughs> yeah, we, me. we are all it's part. All me. We are all part of a continuous soul you can't family not be in also. control anyway. It's just are you going to give your, your power over to somebody else that you've forgotten is you? Or are you going to give it to the you that you remember is you? All right. Either way, well, it's you. That'll start a conversation. Yeah. And thanks for uh, 
It's our joy and honor to take you to the door of you. And you know you're going to go through it, so quit fooling around and go through it. Yep. What am I going to say? You weren't going to go through it? Is that what I was going to say? Yeah. You're going to go through it. Is the question, are you going to go through it in this lifetime or the next lifetime? Kicking and screaming or boldly? Yes. Then you say, you're going to gut change.